What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder podcast. We are very, very fortunate to have our guest today not only be a special guest. I think, you know, we have um, some I've been privileged to have some really good guests on. Um, This is our very first guest that we have calling in from Ireland, you know, Northwest Ireland, uh, Donegal. Uh, Ireland. And so um, I can only imagine how beautiful that place is. But we are privileged to have Moira Nagalahor on our show today. She uses her niche and her gift to help other female entrepreneurs to use their voice as their ticket to freedom. There's so much more that's in- enveloped in this. And I can't wait to get out of the way. And by way of this introduction, I also want to make welcome Miss Moira Nagalahor. Welcome to the program. Thanks a million, Cliff. That was a great introduction. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Oh, well, it's, a, it's my pleasure and my privilege. And I, I, will, I will really want to just jump right into this and just want you to just share with the Niche Finder community, uh, what do you consider to be your niche? Okay, great. So I work with female entrepreneurs, mostly coaches, consultants, and who are struggling to get leads for their business. They don't necessarily want to spend hours and hours learning complicated marketing strategies. I show them how to use their voice and I show them how to use sales focused speaking, which means finding stages that has their ideal clients and the audiences and then inviting them to either work with them or to join their list in some way. So finding stages globally, so it's not limited to you know, your, your local area, you can do this all over the world. So when I say your ticket to freedom, if you start speaking, you literally do have a ticket to freedom. Mm. I love it. But, you know, there's a part of me that's almost jealous that you don't have males part of this female, uh, you know, group of yours. But that's that's all good. I'm just messing with you. I'm, I'm excited to have you on today. And there are quite a few um, female entrepreneurs I know that listen to the program mm-hmm. and be interested into what you have to say. So at the start of your journey, what exactly did you want to achieve? 
I just, honestly, I just wanted to make a difference in my local area here in Ireland. I left my job as a youth worker in London around about 2012. Didn't really think things through. I just had this feeling in my heart that this job wasn't for me and the universe had better ideas for me. So I moved mm-hmm. back home to Ireland and around about the time it was the recession of 2012. So everybody was leaving and businesses were closing and all I could see was opportunity and beauty. So I started to connect with all of the local um, tourist providers. So like the rock climbing guys, the hill walkers, the uh, boat guys, the B&Bs. And I started creating these like heart led adventures to secret locations. And I started inviting people to come out of the city, come to this really beautiful place. And my goal was to bring more business to the businesses and to show the people here that we had a lot to offer. We just weren't tying it together in a way that people could access it. So my goal in the beginning, Cliff, was purely to make a difference in my local community. And what happened, I just had no idea what I was getting myself into because I certainly didn't set out to become a speaker or build a multiple six-figure business. That wasn't my intention. But uh, my intention was literally to make a difference. And I truly believe that if you set out to make a difference, you will make a profit by default. Wow. I love that right there. You know what? That's that that you can tweet that right. That last statement you just said can def- is definitely tweetable. <laughs> I love it. Um, at the start of your journey now, um, what roadblocks did you find yourself up against? Um, so I, I, I had some experience in sales. I just didn't really see it was kind of around about the time the start of like the social media boom, let's call it. You know, and I was trying to like figure out ads and like boosting posts and writing cool articles. And I just found myself just pouring loads of time and energy into something that felt like a bit like a black hole. You know, they're like, Facebook is telling me that hundreds of people have seen my ads, but nobody's buying anything. I was like, what is this? You know, who are these people? You know, so that was, that was a huge roadblock. And, you know, the way the way I overcame that was that I find like the best way for me to grow this was literally by getting out from behind my desk, showing people who I was and just speaking to people. So I literally just started making a list of everybody I knew who I thought could potentially enjoy this. And I just started picking up the phone and calling them and saying, hey, this is what I'm up to. Do you know anybody who might be interested in this? And then once I realized that doing that was clearly the fastest path ever, like I, I didn't, I didn't really look back. That was, that was, yeah. And that really helped me get over the complicated strategy syndrome that's out there. Wow. What external struggles did you find yourself up against? Well, um, there were some times where I was standing on top of my windowsill, holding my phone right up against the, 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 the top of the window, trying to get some phone signal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally lived beside a mountain and we didn't have fiber broadband then. So even trying to get a phone signal was difficult. So I had everything against me. Let's put it like that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you have any internal struggles? Um, you know, I think the internal struggles started when I started making money as opposed to when I, when I was getting going, cause I was purely on a purely driven by a mission. And then, you know, when, you know, money became part of the equation, it kind of, it felt like money was just flying into my business and flying out. And I was just like, okay, you know, what's going on? And I was really good at the work, but I wasn't very good at managing the money side of it. And also yeah. keeping an eye that this is a business at the end of the day. And it's great that you're out looking at, you know, are building it and helping people. 
But if, you know, your business has like basically a hole in it, like all the money is going out, right. something wrong. So, and then I, I, I got very emotional about that, that I wasn't really, I wasn't good at this. There was something I was doing wrong. And it was purely because I just didn't understand P&Ls and, you know, profit margins and all of these things. So, um, yeah, that was, that was hard for me. And, um, yeah, I think the the way to get over it was to make, I, I, I just ended up making more money. <laughs> that was- <laughs> Make it money. Make it even more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so did you have a um, a plan that you wanted to achieve? I understand you getting into it as a service, um, yeah. but did you have a particular goal? Once you start to see that this was a viable business, did your goals change or did what exactly was your goal yeah. at the start of your journey? Yeah. So, so my goal was literally to put this local area on the map and so that businesses weren't closing and more tourists could come and experience this place that was my goal and then when I was working with the um the guys I was working with I realized that oh my god everybody is always asking me how I get sales so these guys clearly struggle with sales and I say guys because I was working with a lot of male uh, service providers at the time and then mm-hmm. because I was so vocal I started getting invited to speak at events and then when I started to get speak to speak at events, I realized that oh my god, there's practically a, 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 a there's a pandemic among women business owners when it comes to sales. And that's when I had the light bulb moment. I was just like, wait a minute, what if I instead of being out there getting the sales for everybody, why don't I teach people how to get their own sales, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I, that's when I started working with female business owners. And I say female was because mostly female come to me. And just for the record. I do work with some men, Cliff. I just don't mm-hmm. market to men, right? <laughs> That's all. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> um, but you you know, I, I think success is a magnet in and unto, in and unto it itself, right? And so it's, it does, I'm sure, as you your success grows and word of mouth travels, you will get both male and female, I would imagine, coming into your doors. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I think in the beginning as well, you know, you have a real mixture of clients. It wasn't until I was about maybe two, three, years in and I did a three-day event where I had like a success panel of my clients that I was just like oh wow there they are all lined up on the audience and they're exactly my ideal clients it didn't turn it didn't start out like that and we all like you know work with people who you think later that maybe that wasn't a great match but you just don't know in the beginning both of you so um so yeah I think that that grows with you which I think is one of the things I see. Um, I see this preventing entrepreneurs from taking action because they try to get all of this so right, sitting in a room on their own or researching online, when really the only way you're going to get it right is by just getting out and starting to work with people. And then it's so much easier to refine it then, I think. Mm. So was there a mentor or some trusted guide that you met along the way that helped to accelerate you from where you were to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. I think I had a, a mentor at, at every step of the way. One of the um, guys I used to work with, he's a, I would say, a f- pretty famous rock climber, but he he, had, he was pretty on it with like YouTube and like the media. And he gave me loads of great advice. He was really in my corner, really helping me grow my business. And then when I started to get really serious about working with female entrepreneurs and helping them with sales and speaking, that's when I actually went to an event in America club. And it was like, I didn't even know that the entrepreneurial like space was a thing. I was so green going there. It was like 2015. And I had joined this online program went to this event and then I was just like, oh my, there was like five, 600 people jumping up and down and I was just like, oh my God, there's hundreds of them, 
you know? And I just said, I want, I want to be part of this. This is where I want to be. I want this energy. I want these people in my life. <laughs> so, and that's when, that's when I, I really uh, took mentorship seriously because I signed up to a program that I had nowhere near. I had $500 on a credit card. And the cost of the program was something like 20000 I knew I had a choice to make in that moment. I was like, I can either give this person my $500 and trust that they're going to give me a plan that I can execute on, or I go home and I keep going around in circles trying to figure this out and doing okay. But having gone to that event and seeing like real success, like people making six, seven, multiple seven figures, speaking on stages, I was just like, I can do that. I know I can right. do that. But if somebody shows me how to do that, I'll do that fast. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I jumped into a mentorship program and the following year I was on their success panel in Las Vegas of all places. (laughs) Mm. I had like, you know, I I came out one of the like top five in their course for that year. And what was fascinating to me about that, like speaking about external, um, you know, difficulties and blocks, like I was literally living beside a mountain with a beat out car you know, with the nearest networking event was sometimes five hours drive for me. And I was heavily leaning into networking to help me do this. So I I just like, I laugh at people sometimes when they tell me that they're living in New York or Chicago and they're like, they can't find their people. I'm like, give me a break. (laughs) That is impossible, you know? Like, give me your phone and let me show you where they are, you know? Like, like the quality and the volume of people we have, we had access to before everything went virtual was amazing. But now it's literally through the roof. I mean, you can't not find your people. You're not finding your mm. people because you're just not looking. Mm. I love it, man. Listen, I, there is so much more about your journey that I'm fascinated by and I want to hear more about. But all I want to do right now is give people like a sample plate of what you have to offer. So this is going to be the sample plate of your journey. Now, what I want to get to is what I consider to be your niche. I see the niche as being five things. It's the things that you are passionate about, what ignites you, the things that you do that feels purposeful, the, you know, what essentially you feel like you're made for those moments. The patterns are the third is the third principle, and that's what you do naturally well. Proficiencies is what you've learned to do well over time. And then problem solving is what people come to you to solve or problems they come to you to solve in, the, in a unique way. And so going back up to the top, what passions did you have at the start of your career that helped to translate into some of what you do today? Uh, I love people. I love talking to people. I love learning about people. I love hearing stories. I love hearing people's experiences. I love watching human behavior. Um, I love, you know, learning about what makes people tick. Like, why did you do that? Why did you not do that? You know, I've always been fascinated with people. So I think that really helped me because I was, uh, I was super keen to speak to people anyway, but now I had a real purpose to speak to people. It was just no problem for me. So that was, I'd say that's, that's, and still the case. I still love people, even though I spend most of my time on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. What what do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? I definitely think getting on stage and sharing my story of how I grew my business from like a literally a standing start living in the middle of nowhere with no budget, with just a want in my heart and feeling driven to reach my full potential. And I love when I share that story because I think, you know, speakers spend so much time on their content 
and they don't spend enough time really digging into their own story to show other people how they can have that same experience. And yes, people come up to me at the end of my speeches and my talks and say, oh, I loved, you know, your content on this, this. But most, the thing that impacts me the most is when a woman or a man comes up to me and says, you know, I'm in exactly the same position you were 10 years ago. And hearing your story is just helping me think that I could do this too. That for me is really purposeful. And I love that more than anything. Like if that, if I get that result from somebody, when I, or somebody says that to me after I speak, I'm just like, my job is done here. Mm. You know, Denzel Washington, take a commercial break on this. He actually had a quote when he was receiving one of the many awards that he has received. And he was talking about the process and tying it into what you're saying as far as the story. And I hear in your story, there's a lot of, you know, getting knocked down and getting back up again. There's a lot of adversity and triumph that has shaped you in, in what you are sharing right now. And Denzel Washington's quote was, ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. And I really feel like what you are talking about right now and, and having the ability to even share on stage is because I almost feel that hardship was something that you found a way to either go around it, go over it, go through it, but it helped to make you who you are. And I, I hear it in your purposeful explanation, but what do you think is a pattern that you have that has got you from where you were to where you are today? I never give up. Uh, Ever. I never cancel. I, I'm rarely late. I'll always follow through. I will not be the person to cancel a meeting. I will not be the person to say I can't make it. I will not be the person to cancel the event if only three people are going to show up. I will not give up. If I say I'm going to do something, I will follow it through the way I said I would, when I said I would, and how I said I would. Mm. To the best Love of my it. ability. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. Now, proficiencies is the opposite coin the same coin but opposite side so where patterns are what you learn to do over time what you learn to do well over time proficiencies is what you have um or what you do i'm sorry where patterns are what you do naturally well proficiencies is what you've learned to do well over time so what proficiencies do you have that helps to shape what you do today oh how long have we got it's your moments light camera action spotlight there it is (laughs) I mean like I could I could say so many but I actually do think and I don't want to keep bringing it back to speaking but I do think that speaking is one of is the biggest one because I think I, I could say copywriting I could say messaging I could say doing videos doing lives all of that stuff but actually speaking is at the core of that all right, so I've been I've become I've become proficient in using my voice in every way I can on paper, in rooms, in videos, in lives, in conversations, and I think that I've become really proficient in doing that. But uh, but yeah, all of the above. But I think that the theme within all of it is really like speaking speaking your mind. Wow. Uh, what what pattern? What problems do you solve? Or what what do people come to you to solve in a unique way? Um, well, a lot of the people that come to me, um, they, they're potentially charging 100 to $200 an hour for what they do. And they see their service, what the service they're bringing is time so that they're selling time. And I really show them how to turn that on its head, show them the outcome and the transformation they're creating for people and show them how they can take their $100 an hour business to a $10,000 package. Mm. I love that. 
So that's what I see to be your your niche. And, and you did it so well. It was like, you know, lightning speed and you gave us so much content. Concentrated excellence is how I see that. I want to get from you now your secrets. <laughs> so this is now you, this is now Miss Nagalahor talking of today, talking to the younger person of yesterday, right? So well, let's go back in time however many years you want it to be, five years, 10 years, whatever it is that's substantial for you, at the start of your journey, what secrets would you share with that younger self that will help accelerate them from where they are at that moment in time to where you are today? Um, mm, thoughtful. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I actually asked this question not long ago on Facebook as well, it's a good one. I think I would, I would say, don't expect your future not to have problems or don't expect to get to a place where it's plain sailing. You might get to a place where it's easier sailing, but there's always going to be problems. So you may as well hurry up, deal with the problems so that you can become the type of person who, when the problems come, you know, you've got other people to deal with them for you. Mm. Mm. I love it. Uh, what secrets is a must have to getting started and staying committed? I mean, just take action. Just don't care about something being perfect. Just ask the next best question. Speak to the next mm. best person. You know, get out from behind your computer. Show people who you are. Have conversations. And don't think that your first or your next customer, you've never met them yet. If you're still trying to get your first 10 customers, you're probably already in conversation with them in some way. Right. So don't think it's like far out there in a Facebook ad. It really isn't. They're probably like in your in like a 10 mile radius or something, you know. So, yeah, I would do that. And in order to get them, you've got to take action and just make sure that every influential person that you know, to the, even if your network is small right now, knows who you are and what you're what you're what service you have and what you're looking for. Because those people can help you, but they'll only help you if you ask them. Wow. Uh, now, what has been your greatest struggle after you found your niche? Um, mm, 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 mm. I think um, my biggest struggle was growing a team and being able to trust people to do things as well as I thought I was the one to do right. things the best. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think when you get to the 30K a month mark, the 300K mark, mm-hmm. it's all about team from that point on. Like you literally, you, pro- you literally can't do anymore because it's no longer about you. It's about systems and processes and things like that. And I kind of stayed at that, at that area for a while because I kept, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't very good at giving up control. Let's put it like that. I wasn't very good at giving up control or thinking somebody else could do it better than me. So I would say um, team was probably, and I say over the last two years, that's been my focus. And I would say that right now I'd have to say I've got the dream team. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Uh, What secrets do you have to staying consistent? Okay. So for me, I'm always, I'm, I'm big into rewarding myself. 
So to be consistent and showing up to work, the type of work we have to do every day can feel a bit boring. It can take a lot of discipline and you have to push yourself and you don't want to make calls and you don't want to do things and all this. But if you have a big, juicy reward on the other side of that and you're clear on what that is, whether it's a new car or whether it's a holiday with your family or if it's like a new pair of Labutan shoes or a handbag or whatever it is, I think it's so important to have a payoff for you. And if that means a big fat check, 10,000 going straight into your personal account, let it be that, but have it be something. And equally, if it's just a day at the salon with your friend, then let it be that. And as you reach those little goals, you, as you have those small wins, like the day at the salon, you'll then go like, oh, I'm going to get a pair of shoes. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the Caribbean. And, oh, and you know, and that's, that just gets you so excited about what you're doing because otherwise it can just feel like work. And we didn't get into wow. entrepreneurship for it to feel like work again. Right, you know, right, right. You're right. in control over how much money we make at the end of the day. So... You know, what What do you want? Hmm. How frequent should one uh, make time to develop their niche? Well, I think in the beginning, I think I would say 80% of your time should go into that in the beginning. Because if it does, then sales are going to roll in the door. Hmm. So I would spend as much time as possible on that, but not sitting at your computer writing lists or lying in bed thinking about it at night, but actually getting out and speaking to people, working with people. You know, don't like don't try and do this on your own. I think that that's going to be the that's the slow boat to China, as I would call it. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, pick 20, 30 people and have conversations with them and start refining it and narrowing it down. And then the other thing, if you do come up with something that you feel like, oh my god, this is it. Find an event, go and just share it with people. Don't ask people what they think of it. Just watch people's reactions. Because people mm-hmm. will tell you on their face what they think. They'll either lean in and go, wow, really? That's amazing. Or they'll go, well done. Good luck with that. Bye. <laughs> All right. Right? That's the sign. Yeah, right. They'll that's give a, that's you that. Tell. Oh, go on. You go for it. <laughs> what you're, and if, if you're if you're if when you see what you do and how you help people if you get that reaction then you keep doing it until you get the I, the reaction you're looking for and then you write it down and you'll go okay so this is it and then go say that 10 times and start adding to it and also like number one thing have fun with this you know this is this should be fun experience you know and just let yourself off the hook about getting it perfect in the in the first goal because you won't be happy enough with having to do it 10, 20, 30 times. You should have seen the very first day I tried to do a video for YouTube. I'm not joking. I must have did. I was just trying to do an intro video for my YouTube channel that I thought was really like the best thing I could do for a business at the time. I think I did like 30 takes of one video wow. standing in my office. My arm was killing me, but I never looked back from that day. I totally nailed video that day. I, like, yeah. I, I did. I was just like, no problem. Pick up my phone. I'll do a video like that at any time now. But I just put right. the energy and the time into getting it right and do it quick. Right. You know. Right. 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 So, it's you. It's so interesting. You know, um, commercial break on this on this point. Um, I think about you know late Kobe Bryant. I'm not sure if you're into basketball yes, or not. Yeah. Um, but he talked about his work ethic at the start of his career. They now call it the mama mentality. But one thing that he shared was he learned and he studied what his his competitors were doing. 
He knew that they their workout routine on off season or whatever it was. They would wake up in the morning, have breakfast, go to a you know a a, a, a session or a training session around eleven thirty, and then around maybe you know to have lunch afterwards, and maybe around five o'clock they'll have their second session. Well, Kobe studied that and he said, I'm going to get up four o'clock in the morning to get a session in. Then I'm going to do another session at 630 in the morning, have breakfast, do one when everybody else is doing it at 1130 and do another one at five. And he says over time in the beginning, me doing double the work of what my competitors were doing, it seemed to be where we were on par. But over time, it actually I wound up multiplying my skill level versus the person I was playing against. And so putting in that work and having that repetition, having that discipline, as you were mentioning earlier, I totally subscribe to that because you're absolutely right. The constant iteration of your of what you're sharing on your message actually is a refinery for it. So you get the, the real pure essence of what you're trying to say. So I appreciate you giving voice to that. Mm, I can totally relate to that. And, you know, I would say that the month before, not the month before, I'd say that maybe the three to four months before I hit 10K a month, the very first time, it was a huge goal of mine. It was a big milestone, as it is for many business owners when they start out. Like I literally laid out in the morning, like what I would do for every hour then I would take a break and then I'd have the afternoon and I would literally go from one activity to the other. So it was sales in the morning, searching for speaking gigs, catching up on social media, back to sales, back to searching, uh, searching for speaking gigs on social media. And I just kept this and it was so hard. I'm like, oh no, I just want to do this. No, 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 I'm just going to do it. And I got into this such, this amazing consistency that my business just like, just like blew up, you know? Wow. Mm. Wow. What level of intensity does one need to have, in your opinion, to achieve their dream? I mean, you have to be all in. I mean, there's no there's no messing around with this. Like, you'll get what you give. You know, you want to be all in. All in and believing it's possible. All in and being committed to making it happen. And all in just to learn about who you could become by even trying. Mm. Wow. Well, what uh, what do you see is a must have in this process that you've now been taking us through? Again, you're talking to your younger self, um, but but what is the must have that you would say? Okay, here are some action items for the niche finder community. However, many you want to share that you feel someone needs to have either at the start of their journey or within their cachet as they go throughout the process. So, action items. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you well, you need to be able to close sales, like without a doubt. You need to have something to offer people that is absolutely amazing, and you're so excited to offer it to people. You need to be able to create results for people, and then you need to be okay about shouting about those results when you do get results for those people. You can't keep that good stuff for yourself, and have a money goal at every step of the way, whether it's a like. 10,000 a month, 2,000 a month, whatever it is, have a money goal at all times because otherwise it's hit and miss. Mm. I love it. So last question that I have for you, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? Mm. I mean, for me, 
It's definitely about feeling like inspired and excited about something. If something starts to like, mm, you know what, I'm not as excited about this as I was before, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be excited to get on stage and be like, yeah, we should all do this. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So as soon as I start feeling like I'm bored with this, then, you know, it's, it's next level. But I have to, you have to be very careful with that because with entrepreneurs, it's so easy for them to say, you know what? next next so you actually do have to stick at one thing so when i say that you know it might be a program or it might be an event that i'm doing or something like that but if you have something that works you work it because one thing you will never get bored of is the results that it helps you get mm. so so much information that has been shared I want to, you know, I'm sure people are chomping at the bit to figure out how can I get in contact with this young lady who we are calling, who's calling directly in from the beautiful rolling hills of Ireland. How do they get in contact with you if they would like to connect with you at some other time? Well, everybody will need a walkie talkie. And a coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there it is. Keep it basic. <laughs> Keep it nice and simple. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm big on. Uh, I hang out on Facebook and Instagram all the time, so my first and last name will find you'll find me there. Um, and if you want to actually hang out with me, I do a challenge called the Speak More Challenge every month. So it's usually the first week of the month. The next one's the sixth of December, and I really walk people through a framework of how they can use speaking to get sales to travel to build their lives whatever they want and again if you're you know if you have if something i find with speakers something is telling them that you need to have your voice heard you need to get out there and speak and if you're one of these people and you just don't know how to do it or you're doing it now and you don't know how to monetize it this will blow your mind what i share with you what's possible and how simple it can be right here right now for where you are right now in your business you don't have to have a massive profile you don't have to have thousands and thousands of followers you can make so much money and so much impact with speaking even if nobody's ever never even heard of you mm, love it and so to the niche model community again we had a treat on our show today in the person of Mora Nagalahor. All right, and she's calling again directly from Ireland. So we're very privileged to have her. But if you're interested in getting in contact with us in the niche finder community, you know you can go on to the Launch My Niche Challenge. And this is basically calling anybody who is a coach, consultant, or counselor who is looking to avoid the three biggest mistakes that many of coaches, counselors, and, and consultants make when trying to move online. You can visit, visit us on launchmyniche.org. That's launchmyniche.org. And we will not only tell you the three biggest mistakes, but we also give you three solutions to help not make that part of your journey. All right. And so uh, visit us on, again, that website we just gave you. Again, it's such a privilege having uh, more in the Gallagher on today. And, um, you know, I'm sure you have so many more questions. So visit her on her Facebook link and all her other social media profiles and that challenge that she mentioned, which I'm sure is going to be very impactful as this show that she was on today was, at least for me, I'm sure it was for the community as well. Thank you so much for being a part of this. No, thank you so much, Cliff. It was a great conversation. Great questions. Good job. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And to the Niche Finder community, we look forward to having you on the very next episode when we have another guest on to help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again.